Hello and welcome back to the Bot Five Podcast. I'm your host Oliver, and today I'm joined by Jack. Hello. And we are joined with Sam. Hello. It's been it's been quite a while, hasn't it, boys? You know, uh, a couple of weeks throughout the Bot Five Podcast. How have you both been? I've been all right. Yeah, uh, it's been a while though, hasn't it? So glad to be back on here. Sam, how about you? Just chilling, just been um, just doing my own thing, <laughs> working, stuff like that. Well, look at it, you know, new, new surroundings for everyone on TikTok to watch from me and Jack. Obviously, Sam doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a uh, video camera, so I might, I might put a nice little uh, selfie of himself. Okay. Yeah, just a nice selfie of uh, Sam so everyone can see his beautiful face. But yeah, um, unless you boys have got anything else to say, we'll get straight into it. Uh, so, I think, I think first, firstly on the agenda is we've probably got to look back to last night against Preston v Burnley. Um, needless to say, we scored our first goal at Deepdale. Finally. We did it. Yeah, finally. Man, it was... I mean, it got messy in the Invincibles when I was sat, nearly snapped my knee in half. Everyone was just rushing towards the Burnley fans. But yeah, everyone, I, I just, I, I just sat around, I just looked around and went, we actually scored a fucking goal at Deepdale. I was enough to just, the fact goal line technology saved us as well was pretty good as well. I, I, could, I don't think I could have handled it if it was disallowed. What did, what did you think, uh, Sam? Proper goal, proper, proper <laughs> yeah. What a first goal to score at deep, though. You know what I mean? Just just about gets over the line. So, um, yeah. Other than that, it was a bit of a ball fest, wasn't it? <sighs> what is it that uh, Murich slipped? And he, yeah, if he, he did, didn't slip, he? yeah, yeah. If he didn't slip, we probably wouldn't have had his chance. No. But you know, we've only mentioned him. We can't wait for the ball to hit the back of the net, and we scored a goal, but didn't hit the back of the net. It went over by about <laughs> two inches. Yeah. But a goal's a goal. We can't complain, can we? No, exactly. But yeah, a, a 1-1 result at home against Burnley. And to be fair, Burnley are a very strong side. We saw that yesterday. You know, they, they kept, what was it about? I can see now, 73% possession Yeah. over the entire game. So they, they were orchestrating, you know, the attacks and stuff. And I thought that Peeney were just sitting back, trying to weather the storm, which was pretty much 75 minutes, to be fair, and try and hit them on the counter-attack, which potentially did work now and then. But I just thought it was a bit poor, you know, to watch, really, because second balls, we just we weren't there in the second balls. Burnley were winning everything, and we were just stuck within our own half for the majority of the second half. Yeah. I think I don't. I don't think we are going to be able to play the way we usually want to against teams like Burnley, teams who dominate the ball and typically like to you know suffocate the space you're in and like to do like that foot, short, quick passing. And I thought Burnley last night were excellent, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel like they were going to score another. I don't know why. I just didn't think. I don't. I. I. I was. I thought defense was actually pretty good. So, yeah, it's uh, not. It's not against the defense realistically because they've been fantastic. And Liam Lindsay won 
one man of the match, yeah. yeah one man of the match. One John Story looked fantastic again today. Well, yesterday. You know, I the thing is, we're, we're good in every area of the pitch besides the front line. I feel yeah. I, the, mid, the midfield's solid. You know, blocked out majority of Burnley. I just feel like the, there needs to be a link between the rest of like the team and also like the, the forward line because it doesn't seem to be connecting at the moment because yeah, I saw Parrot frustrated as hell yesterday um, because Burnley just found it out. The second the ball came down to the right-hand side under Brad Potts, you could just see exactly where he was going to play. He was going to play it in the channel and all, all the Burnley defenders had to do was step across. So yeah. there's got there's got to be more there's got to be more brought in a creative sense, especially from the, the wing backs, even even though if it's against the big teams like Burnley, I thought Alvaro Fernandez when he came on brought something so different and I thought he was the best player when he came on the pitch. So it's like I feel like Lowe's started to realise that he perhaps might not be able to play Brady and Brady on the right because how much he has to cut back and put it onto his left, which is, you know, his preferred foot. And I feel like he started to realise that a little bit. So that's why I think he came off. And he also had a little bit of a temper on him last night, Brady. I thought his temperament was going to get better of him at some point. But um, Alvaro came on and absolutely just gave us what we needed. Someone who just runs at people, you know. Brady isn't going to run at people. He's someone who's just going to link up play and then progress the ball and progress the ball via passing. And, you know, Alvaro was just really, he was getting in behind. He was making very intelligent runs and getting us forward. And I was just so impressed with him last night when he came on. I thought he scored and all, to be fair. I thought I, thought I was going to hit the back of the net. Yeah. But is there a way for Alvaro and Brady to be in the same team? Because I feel, I feel like Brady's been superb and he doesn't, he doesn't really quantify him being dropped. I mean, I know, I know you've got to play the best players in the best position, which Alvaro's probably perfect for the left wing back. I know, Adam, you've just joined us in, but is, is there got to be a way that we can fit both of them in the team at the same time? Uh, yeah, uh, guys. Um, uh, personally, for me, I think you should be playing Alvaro every game. Um, I know we've played Brady at right wing back a few times and there's whispers he might be trying at centre mid. So um I think Brady provides a lot of creativity, but I also think he's been quite poor the last couple of games. And you can't just play someone because they've they've got one attribute. And I think um I, I do think Brady's very one dimensional. Uh, I do. Um he's an excellent crosser of the ball. No one was disputing that. Um, but other than that, I don't really see him doing much outside of that. So um, it's something for us to consider, maybe. And obviously, I'm sure Ryan Law's thinking about it. And uh, yeah, uh, I think there's no need to shoehorn any players into the team. It should be based on how you're performing and how you fit into the system, depending on the game. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that in a sense. You know, Brady's been mentioned by Brian Lowe for having the best left foot outside the Premier League. 
and that's been shown by his crossing. But I've mentioned before, we, we have Reese and Parrot starting, and neither of them are really going to be sticking their head on the end of these crosses. It's hard to put your finger on what 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 you can change if Brady's going to start because he he's obviously going to want to get the ball into the box, but we don't have a striker to get the head on anything. And I, I understand Chad Evans might be able to get his head on things. You know, he, he gets up and tries to uh, win headers, but I can't really see us starting Chad Evans in many of the games. You know, because I feel like the ball doesn't really stick to him as much as he does with Parrot. I felt. I felt sorry for Reese actually yesterday because he didn't, he was fed scraps. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel I feel like I know we've mentioned we've not we're not going to look into the free market, but if we are, we've probably got to look for someone who's going to want to get his head on things. If we are going to continue playing Brady, because if not, I think it's an absolutely crazy decision that Alvaro Fernandez is still on the bench. Mm-hmm. One man, that could probably... <laughs> I think we're all yeah, picking the film, aren't we? Uh, the one man who probably could get his head onto everything, Simon Mackinock, but he's gone to Sweden, so... <laughs> I'm not uh, I think of Andy Carroll here, no? Yeah, that's what Andy Carroll, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? Adam, Adam, would you have Andy Carroll? Uh, no, personally. This one's that right. No. <laughs> so, what about you, Sam Jack? Would you have Andy Carroll? Is he worth it, though? That's the thing. What would you do? Stick him on a, a one-year deal? Or... What pairs you play? Could yeah, but do you think? Do you really think he'd do that? Uh, he was closer to joining Reading, wasn't he, or something? Yeah. But the, the thing is, if you're going to play, if you're going to play Brady, that's why he was so influential. Because of his crossing at fucking, uh, <clears throat> oh, I swore it's PG. He's um, <laughs> it, it, so, so influential as a crosser of the ball. You, you've got to have a player up top who's going to put it in the back of the net. And at, at Burnley, it worked fine because he has Ashley Barnes and Jay Rodriguez who were clearly going to fly, fly in for a header at any chance. But Emil Reese isn't that type of player, and he's he's our you know main focal point as striker, and he prefers the ball into feet and try, tries to do uh, a little mazy run, take a pass two or three people. So we've got to find a way to suit Reese because at the moment we're not, and Brady's crosses aren't suiting Reese. So I'm unsure what Lowe's going to do with you know trying to change and tweak a few things. But I mean. <laughs> Three goals all season. I know it was 1-1 and, yeah, fair enough. It was a great result. But, you know, this attacking brand of football and we scored three goals all season is a bit... It's a bit concerning, isn't it? At what point do you think it's on Brady or Law to change the system or change um, the way Brady plays his football? At what point do you think that needs to start being thought about instead of thinking it's the striker's fault all the time? Well, they were fed scraps yesterday, weren't they? Like, yeah. didn't really... They had nothing. They were picking the ball up at the halfway line. So, mm. I, I, can't, I can't remember a clear-cut chance which Reese or Parrot, or even Evans, when he came I think, on. I think Parrot, Cynthia, they did in the second half. 
off was it when i think parry just released it too late doesn't he Do you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah he was like i was just like screaming i was like you know do you think it was reese or i don't know it could have been um I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he, he could have released it a lot sooner, but he didn't. And it could have could have gone to a goal. You never know, dear. But you know, he's, he's Paris timing is just just that bit off. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Like, I just yeah, because I noticed last night they were making the same runs because I think Parrot picked up the ball and he just ran into the back of Reef and give the ball away again. So <sighs> I don't know what it is between them. Is it a question of? It's time to potentially drop Parrot because Graham's asked it on Twitter and Reese also has mentioned it. He says Troy Parrot's giving him Will Keane flashbacks. <laughs> so I mean, Will Keane did score against Burnley, didn't he? Yeah, Will Keane did score against Burnley. Actually, I, I was at that game. Well, it's two 0 DJ as well. DJ, yeah, Will yeah, Keane. I was there as well. Good game. I was watching the highlights this morning. Actually, that game. So. Is Same it man. time to drop Parrot though? Because I don't. I personally think it's not. Because I feel like he links up the play, especially like well. Going, like whenever he plays, I just think give him that one more game, and he might do something. But no, I was saying he's, that get, he's getting on though, isn't it? You can't, yeah. you can't just keep on saying, "Oh, give him one more game, give him one more game, give him one more game," because it's going to get to the point where you know you're giving him so many games. But what are the what are the other options? You know, you don't have any other options realistically. You got Sean Maguire, who does link with. Um, Emma Reese well last season and you know does the unselfish work or yeah. you've got Chad Evans realistically who was what was he playing an attacking midfielder role for like the latter half of the you know what 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 baffles me is you know when you're having to resolve to Chad Evans playing as an attacking midfielder I think that's probably saying you know the squad's still a bit thin he's there to see isn't it I mean I don't know, it's hard to explain, isn't it? You know, deadline day passed in, you know, did nothing. Not striking a, an and a right back, a right wing back, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, it just seems to me like I'd, I'd, I'd give Maguire a run. I'd say sod it. Would you give Maguire a run? Yeah. That is a bold shout. <laughs> oh, that couldn't work. You don't agree, Alan, by then. It's not, it's not like we're. Um, I don't really know what what we can do. Really, I think Lord's had his hands tied behind his back for him. Really, um, yeah. I think he's pissing in the wind with this fucking attack that he has. He has. Personally, I, I'm still not convinced by Reese at all. Um, but even if you want to say Reese is a good player, fine, whatever. Um, Parrot, I like, but he just can't seem to finish. And then after that, you have Chad Evans and Maguire. And we've the most frustrating thing is we've known about this the entire year. Literally, yeah. literally, from the end of January last year, we were like, right, we've got Cameron Archer in. After that, Cameron Archer goes back to Aston Villa and we're back to square one. What are we going to do? We re- replaced Archer with a, a worse version of Archer and we've not brought anyone in. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating that it, it's we, Ryan has been crying out for a strike that he wants. It was his foreman, didn't he? And got yeah, no, he, he, yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. It, we we brought Parrot in. That's great. 
but you need to build on that. You need to get at least, at the very minimum, you needed another striker. Maybe even, I think, two. And also, what I think isn't being spoke about enough is the right wing back. We're just so, like, if you wanted to defend, if you wanted to defend against North End, this is the plan. I'm going to explain it in 30 seconds. Stop Brady from crossing the ball and sit back. And you're done. That's it. You can't. We can't score. We, we just can't. The, the goals that we have scored, one of them was a wonder goal by Potts. One of them was um, a, a decent work goal against Birmingham. Oh. So I said I said decent work to a scrappy goal. And then, um, did we score against Birmingham, was it? No, Coventry. Coventry. Oh. Oh yeah, no commentary. I think commentary was the only. Deflected to race, didn't it? Commentary, I'd say, was the only okay goal. But even then, there was a deflection that went straight to race. So the the creativity is just not there, and especially in the last few matches, like we battered Hull, we battered Rotherham, played decent on the first day of the season to get away at Wigan, who now have proven to be one of the best sides in the league. They're really good at the minute. The flying high, whereas the last few games, Cardiff, Birmingham, um, Rotherham. No, I, no, I won't say Rotherham. I thought we played well against Rotherham. Uh, Cardiff, Birmingham, and, and last now we've just not I'm been sure creating anything. So, do, do you think he's? Do you think he's like put DJ into a deeper role? Because I, I saw, I saw against Burnley. I don't, I can't even remember DJ really coming even out of his own half. No, we had, we had the whole, we had eleven men behind the ball for like seventy-five minutes. Yeah, we, we, part, we had fifteen we minutes in that second half. I think we we thought, hang on, we'll go for it. Here. But that's the thing. Yeah, it it really does me. I didn't like. Obviously, Burnley were a good side, but you know, you, it's a game like that, and you're playing like that. Yeah, he was he was playing for the draw all like before the game even started. Yeah. And he got it. I'll tell you what, it gave me flashbacks to midweek big games with Alex Neal. You know, when we properly used to give it under the lights, like Norwich at home when we went 3 0 up. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like big top table teams used to come to Deepdale and we'd we'd send them packing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree that we set up for a draw. But Jack, do you feel like. because I, I heard a couple on, on them, like, the town end of groaning, obviously, at DJ, because he weren't really pressing. But so, so was, like, the majority of the squad. They weren't pressing. They were just trying to stick to their positions and, like, try and make it hard for Burnley to break him down. Is it... Because DJ's probably been off it for a, a couple of games now. Is it more of a fact that he, he looks like he's taken up a new, deeper role? Or, you know... Is it DJ himself that's just probably not playing good? Is it, is it more the fact that he's having to play deeper and should be allowed to, you know, trade further up the pitch? Or is it because DJ's probably just on a bit of a, a bumpy period at the moment? If he's playing a deeper role, then who's the advanced, midf- who's the advanced midfielder in that three? You don't. Well, I, I, th- I think he's playing and deeper. And that's very concerning. And then I, then I, then I think it's more DJ. Uh, DJ does 
just doesn't seem like himself at the minute. We know what DJ is capable of. He's such a brilliant midfielder when he's really on it. He can score goals. He, he doesn't even take pot shots from outside the box anymore. That's like what he's known for, really. Yeah. You know, he'll he just take a shot from outside the box and might go in. I like I miss that DJ. I want DJ to do more of that. And that's another point, actually. The lack of like shots we take from outside the area, like yeah. pot shots, is we always try to walk it in, and yeah. I think we need, it. yeah, or cross it in, yeah. And then I think DJ just, it just seems like he's not himself at the minute, and I feel, and I think whether that's a confidence issue or something, we won't know. But I don't think it's got anything to do with him being in a deeper role, because if that's the case, then where's the where's the intent of a, to attack in the midfield? Um, I, think the only pop, I think the only pop shot we had yesterday was Browns, weren't it? We only really tested Juric with that. Fernandez had a bit of a do, didn't he? Who did? Fernandez. Oh, well, he had a bit of a dig, but he got deflected, didn't it? Yeah. But yeah well, that's, that was the only real chances, weren't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <sighs> I just feel like there's no creativity at all. I, I, I'm certain no. it's, it's on the rolls. I do feel like he's dropped DJ a bit a bit more back and relied on Parrot to bring creativity as well for Reese. Because he didn't seem like he was playing as a 10 yesterday. It was more of an 8, weren't it? Yeah. But, I mean, you could probably say that. I mean, when Evans came on, he weren't really playing as a striker at all he was playing set mid yeah yeah. Yeah, so I'm unsure about what we what what we're even playing now whether it's a 3-5-1-1 or what it's it's there's such a like you said like there's such a difference from obviously we had Archer or you know the players but when Loke first came in like the players were buying it weren't they yeah but I just see now well the thing is when I went on Birmingham, we played good football, but it was just the, the fight. Like when we got 25 yards up, you know, around, in or around the box, we just went static. You know what I mean? We're, we're like we're doing an, a one pass, you know, too much, or, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It, you know, there's, there's, there's times where, you know, you shoot. Yeah. But. <laughs> Do you, do you think it's like a time that you've got to look to low to scrutinise him? But as Adam said, and to be fair, I do believe it. I feel like his hand's been tied behind his back. Yeah, well... With the window. It's it's given me Alex Neal where he was not on his way out, but when he weren't getting backed, it would give it, it's given me them sort of like vibes again, if you will. You know what I mean? He's like he's on his Indies press. When he's in, I think he did a press conference um, shortly after the the window call, so it could have been the day. At, it could have been on the day actually. Yeah. Because um, it was short on a Thursday, doesn't it? And then um, I think he he said something as if to say, um, "Oh, it, it, something, it's not po- now. It, it, it's not possible now, or something like that." And I was like, you know, and at the start he was he was saying, "Oh, I've got free range to sign now. This you know, I've got to sign who I want," and now it's. Um, you know, it's not it, was, it, it wasn't possible, or 
No. I, I know Lowe's got different wordings. He said he, said he was mm. going to bring in four. He brought in two. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That was come, it. come the end of it, it was, oh, I, I didn't want to bring in anyone who's not the right fit, which is fair yeah. enough. It is fair yeah. enough. If they're not the right fit, don't sign them. Yeah. But there's, there's got to be, there's got to have been players that have been available that were the right mould for PA. Because well, he did say the, one was down the line, didn't he? But then they, they didn't really pursue it. I'm not sure what that was. I'm not yeah. sure what that was. I'm not sure what that was. I've got another question for you, Zia, because do you, for, I've got two actually. Do you feel like he was properly back this summer? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Adam, I think he's. I think no, he's got no chance. I think it's something like, oh, there you go. You've got Parrot Fernandez. You know, there you go. There's, there's your. You got yeah. You got two low knees. You got decent clubs and you, decent plays. You got two frees, uh, three for counting Bambo Diaby, and you've spent five hundred grand on Freddie Woodman. Yeah. Is it five hundred? Uh, I thought it was a bit less. You don't know. Does, so it was something around about that, but to, to be fair, it's a fantastic signing. Oh, yeah. Freddie Woodman. Outstanding, Freddie Woodman. Do you he's think he's been what? Outstanding. I think he's been yeah. very good. Well, he's, he's like literally conceded, isn't he? he's conceded what? two goals in nine games. I don't really know who's yeah, saying that's bad. <laughs> no. He's, he's been brought you, in. I think he brings a confidence tested. to his back line. He's being yeah. tested more now, really, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he's actually proven his worth, so that's the... Tell you good... what, though. Jordan's story's been phenomenal, do you not think? Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. He's, he's, come, he's come back from uh, Sheffield Wednesday with a vengeance. And when, when he scored yesterday, when he, when he scored yesterday, I turned, I turned to my mate and went, you know that Instagram post he said that he was going to score an action? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> One down. How, how long have I been singing Jordan's story praises? I've been I've been saying it for months, years, mate. I've been proven right this season. Me and you both. I I never exactly. got yeah. never got the hate whatsoever. No, I, I don't really I, I don't really see how he's been different to when he was like a year or two ago. But you know, people seem to think he's a lot I better now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And my other question is, like, we're we're still we're still in the playoff race. It's still early doors, you know, anyone can make the playoffs. You, you can get two wins and end up being fourth or fifth. Don't get me wrong. So, if we are around this stage in January, do you see us, be, do, do you see us bringing in some players to potentially boost this squad? Or do, we you, do you... Well, I know we have to, but we say that every January, don't we? Mm-hmm. We have to back the manager, but it just ne- never comes around. So, do you see, you know, if we are in a position where we can, you know, kick on and, you know, we all believe that, you know what, a couple more players can make playoffs, you know, imagine how many times I've said that along the lines and we've all said that. Do you see, you know, us potentially backing low and bringing in a couple of players that, you know, can revitalise our squad pushing for, you know, the latter end of the season? I know I know it's only early, eight, eight games in or what so forth, but... We've got the World Cup coming up in, I'm not sure how many game weeks, probably about five, six, seven. And then by the time that finishes, you're looking towards January, aren't you? Didn't, didn't, didn't Law say he doesn't like recruiting in January? 
<laughs> I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, so so he doesn't like recruiting in January. And he only or... brung in archers for like a you know, like a, obviously you don't say no to archer, do you? No, of course not. Well, yeah, do you did, think did he comes available that. though? Pardon? Do you think Archer comes available? Well it's not. I think if he comes available, I don't think he comes to us. Uh, no. Really? No. Don't no, think he'll come. No chance. Yeah, no, I mean, he, I, did, no. he doesn't like disrupting a team in January. So. Disrupting the team? I mean, it's clear, <laughs> it's clear that something needs no. to be done, you know. Oh, that was, that was, that was for some of <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we're crying out for, we're crying out for like three or four players out in this team. I think yeah. you have to realise this time that it's not disrupting the team, it's actually going to add to it because we need it. We actually need players in this team that are actually going to make a difference and give us that little bit more for a push. So I think I, I think sorry for putting in jab, but I think if we were if we recruit smartly this year, because we've started with one anti behind our back this year. The squad's not good enough for playoffs, really, is it? it it's it's just not. If we're all honest with ourselves, it's not good. Uh, specifically attacking and creativity-wise. I think if we're smart with it and we recruit long-term in January, don't try and just get short-term buys because we all know that you can try and paper all the cracks in the short-term, but on the long-term, it won't happen. Now, I've been saying this since... January basically I think the plan is to have a building year this year give Law the full season to do what he wants and I think next year will be the year that we go for it but in January what I personally would like to see the club do is address the long term issues that we need, get a long term right wing back in that Law wants and get a long term um, striker but also a midfielder because I think in midfield we, we just need a different player. How long have we had Brown and Johnson and Ledson in midfield? Yeah. But we've yeah. had them for like five years. And if it's if it weren't good enough for playoffs, you know, for the last five seasons, it's not going to be good enough now. And the league's only getting better in quality, isn't it? So, I, think, I think brought in Ben Woodburn. I think the club went, yeah, put up shop. We, we've got a creative midfielder, but we're still screaming out for one right now. Yeah, we are. But I, I think, I do think we... We have that in Woodburn. I just don't think he's getting played enough to showcase what he can do. Yeah, I, I, genuinely, because I think I seen last night that in the past four or five starting lineups, Lowe's made a combined like six changes over four or five games, which is good when it's going well and your team's settled. But let's be honest, we're not we're not playing brilliantly these last few games and. We shouldn't be keep trying to force the same squad. So, again, another thing I'd really like to see is just shake up the squad for a bit. You know, the Lindsay, Hughes and stories, that's fine. But, you know, chuck Alvaro in. Why not? Yeah, of course. Chuck Woodburn in midfield. Try someone else up front. Try, I don't know, try Potts in midfield again and put Brown on right wing. Just change something because it's clearly not working at the minute, and I don't really know why he's trying to stick with it. You can just change up top, though. You got you got a choice of Sean Maguire or Chad Evans up top. I I personally would put Parrot up front on his own and play another player in midfield such as McCann because the games that we've done that Luton, Rotherham, 
Watford to an extent. Huddersfield? We've, we've played well. Huddersfield, prime example. I think Huddersfield was the catalyst, weren't it? Because we played Huddersfield on the Tuesdays, we played Luton on the Saturday, and we played those four in midfield of Whiteman, uh, Brown, McCann, and Ledson, weren't it? Yeah, which is a very two assists in the first it, half. 30 minutes, yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, it's a very ball-winning midfield, that. And I think when you've got battlers in the midfield, like Ledson and, and McCann, who, who just run around and just, like, throwing themselves at things, you, you're always in for a fight in any game. You mm. also, you, you're always, you know, always in with a chance. You might not be the most technically brilliant players, but I, I just... I don't know. Something's just not really ticking along properly at the minute. I think we need to uh, we need to give it a bit of a shake up. But that's uh, just me. I don't know what you, what you guys think. Uh, no, no, I agree, uh, especially with the Alvaro shout. I do feel like we need to change a couple of players about because I do like Potts and he's done well, but I feel like we need a bit different down the right hand side because if we're focusing in the middle about winning the ball back and having ball winning midfielders. You know, the creativity's got to come from, like, the wing-backs. And I don't feel like Potts brings that creativity. And I know Brady does bring creativity, but Alvaro brings so much more, I thought, you know, coming off the bench. Another point I'd like to make quickly is, obviously, about recruitment. Ryan Lowe's mentioned that he does want here and now. And I know, Adam, you've mentioned long-term. And we've all mentioned long-term, realistically. You know, if this is a squad that he's currently got when he's wanted to say he's recruited for here and now, you know, we, we've got players on one-year contracts and one-year deals and come the end of the season, we've got probably about another 10 out of contracts. You know, DJ, you know, we've got Liam Lindsay, who for me deserves another deal right now, to be fair, for the way he's been playing. Uh, you've, got, you've got multiple players out of contracts come the end of the season. So, it's another rebuild job again. And how many how many times year on year can you rebuild by bringing in, you know, six or seven players when nine or ten go? Because, you know, the here and now squad probably isn't good enough for the playoffs, as you said, Adam, because we've got to be realistic to ourselves. If it does, then all by means, you know, I'll, I'll put my hands up and say, yes, fair play. But, you know, if the here and now isn't gone off, where does this leave us at the end of the season? You know, with the here and now players, when it comes time for you know next season. I'll let you all a bit speechless. Yeah, oh, I think you're asking Adam. <laughs> yeah, if you're asking my, me, my opinion. We we end up le- being left up shit's creek, personally. Um, I think is that what you think? You think you think we'll end up in the shit pan? Um... I think I think if we don't start recruiting long term, we'll end up in the shit pan. If we we need to start making smarter signings, like um, fucking hell, Woodman. That's a very smart signing. I like Woodbird as well. That's a very smart signing. It's okay getting these loans and one-year deals, but at the end of the day, they're not fixing long-term issues that have been at the club for as long as I can remember. Uh, cough, cough, striker. You know, right wing-back. Since he's come in, he's needed a right wing-back. 
and we've not got it. It's it's glaringly obvious for everyone to see what the issues are, and we're just papering over the cracks. It's it's like you you've got a broken leg and you're putting a plaster on it. It's not it's not fixing the issue. It's it's just I don't know. It's, it it gets me really worked up when I think about it because whenever I think about it, I think of Alex Neal and I'm, I think we had the chance in 2019 when we were top of the table at Christmas to back him in January. We signed Scott Sinclair and that was our chance. And we were knackered after then. I think 2010 we were in playoffs and two, three years later we were in League One. 2005 we're in playoff final and then you know cycle repeats it it's it's north end up through and through it's just a cycle that repeats itself get a really good manager really good team have a chance to go for it and we don't go for it and i understand i'm not one of these i think we should be spending millions on players but when you look at Cardiff signing Rob Robinson for a million quid, that is the perfect signing for us. We've needed a striker for years, and I think if you got Robinson in on a on a three or a four year deal, he's twenty seven, I think. Uh, and that's you. That's your striker right there for the next three years. So it and that that's it covered then. Um, so I know I'm a bit I'm ranting a little bit at the minute, but. It just feels like we're saying the same things over and over and over, and there's only so many times I have the the energy to say the same things because we can all see we we've been saying this since August last year. We know what the issues are, but the club just seemingly reluctant to try and solve it. And I don't know, I don't know what the rest of you think. Do you think it's is a case of the club? Did you hear, did you hear what I asked? Uh, you, you went, um, I'm not sure what you guys think. Sick. So ask it again. <laughs> yeah, I want... What time is it? Well, I've ten, we'll, we'll have like five minutes. Okay. Five, five minutes and I'll just get us on to the predictions. Yeah, I think, I think what I'm going to ask will probably fill with five minutes. Really. Oh, go on then. Is everyone on? Yeah, uh, Sam, Sam's got to go, so. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys think because uh, there's two two sides to it. Do you think it's the club not willing to give the money and it's through a lack of trying? Or do you genuinely think Ryan was telling the truth and he weren't putting a cover story up into papers about, you know, these silly clauses that wanted to be put in in loan deals or contracts for players. So what I'll, basically what I'm trying to ask is do you think it's the club's fault or it's factors that we can't control? I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. Bit of both, yeah. yeah, a bit of both. Uh, I don't I don't think the club really have the financial backing to, you know, bring in these players like, as you said, Cardiff with Robinson. I don't feel like we can really compete when it comes to fees. Um, I, I know we end up losing around about ten million a year, which I know gets written off. But if you look at that and you think, you know, how do you get around it? You, you they're looking every year probably for a big sale, and then you go back to smart recruitment. Do we really have any players that you can sell for ten million? Yeah, you've got him or Reese, but 
we brought in players that you probably, you know, can't look for 10 million. Freddie Woodman, maybe, but Robbie Brady, you're not going to sell him on for 10 million, are you? So you're looking for a big sale to balance the books, really. And I, I just feel like potentially we need to be better, you know, in a financial sense to then allow for us to, I don't know, spend more and just be, you know, and I know it's all been around FFP, you know, we can't really be going out there and chucking money about, but then again, isn't it like we need to be better at creating finances and it's the best way to do that recruitment or is there potentially another avenue? And I know Ryan Lowe's mentioned, yeah, he doesn't want them if they're not a right fit. There's obviously players that are a right fit but they're probably not affordable. But like I thought he was nailed on. Andre Bray was going to be signing for PE, and I think everyone was. And I thought, you know, he'd have been a great fit. But that's that's a here and now signing again. You know, he's one or two seasons. So, you know, if we don't make playoffs in them two seasons, what does it leave us? Again. So we've got to be smarter in recruitment. And at this stage, we're a selling club to balance the books. We're bringing players on, you know, lowly fees, um, build them up and sell them on. That's the way it's been. You know, Daniel Johnson, potentially. I know Alan Brown, 10K, 50K, you know, Callum Robinson and stuff. So I just feel like, you know, we've got to be smart with recruitment, you know, bringing these players, young players who want to prove themselves. And I just feel like we've lost that kind of thing recently. Um, but yeah, I just feel like we've got to Got to somehow find the middle line between, you know, not being able to afford things because, you know, when we can't financially afford it, and you know, doing smart recruitment to where we can afford these caliber of players, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> just a bit. Um dull when we think about what needs to be done and how it never ever ever gets done when was the last time we had like a truly great transfer window where the players came in and a truly great one like a truly great transfer window where we bought the players and they stayed for a long time and performed I would just because uh-huh. we take, we take a while to think of one and I wouldn't say the January of Ben Whiteman. January 2019 wasn't a great one because most of the players were... No, actually, there were a few good signings from that window, I remember. It was loans. It was loans. Yeah, no, long. no, no. You're, no, you're thinking of 2021, right? 2019 was when we brought in Potts, Stockley, Rafferty and Ripley. Yeah. The, the, Which the, even, 20... even then is crap. But... Yeah, no, you, know, you, know, you know the 2021, is that one... The one you're on about with Ben White. 2020 was Scott Sinclair, and then 2021 was Ben Whiteman, Malumbi, and the rest. Yeah, low knees, weren't it? Yeah, all loans, yeah. Because what was it? Ben Pearson, Ben Davis, and Daniel Fisher just went. Yeah. You know, and we got the made set throughout him, yeah. Yeah. Then Ben Whiteman, I think Ben Whiteman, uh, you know, surprised everyone. I don't think we really. Don't think there were really much in it, you know, in terms yeah, of ben, ben Whiteman's one of the smart signings we made. I think 
Weidman, Reese, and McKenna going names and three. They're they're all smart signings because I, I know I'm not a fan of Reese, but he's been touted for eight nine million pounds this summer, which is a great return on your investment, and it, that's a smart signing. A young player, good pedigree. You build him up, and then you can sell him on. That it it's it can it can be done on those two stream budgets. Luton have shown and you know. Um, Brentford as a such that's how Brentford Brent, got Brentford there. weren't a shoestring budget were they but I get what you mean in terms you know, of buying uh, no I know yeah. I know what you mean but also they were also bidding 4 million in the first year they came up into the championship so it, it weren't a shoestring budget but I, I understand what you mean by that yeah. but um, yeah I think it, it, would you, we've gone full circle I think we've we spoke about this in like the second or third episode we've ever done. We're about recruiting yeah. cleverly and um uh, and that kind of stuff. But in terms of your question, I think the last truly great window we've had, I I honestly couldn't for the life of me tell you because it it'd be pre twenty seventeen uh, pre twenty eighteen I think because twenty eighteen was. Andre Green, which was phenomenal. Oh, 2019. Awesome. 2019. I don't even remember who signed in 2019. Oh, geez. Sockley? Hey, was that, no, that was January. We signed a story. January 2019. I'll tell you what, I'll get on transfer market. Yeah. 2018 19. The summer of 2018, we signed like Graham Burke and all that. Oh, what a signing that was. Oh, no, sorry. Andre. Was Andre Green twenty nineteen then? And Green Bay were twenty eighteen. What what which one are you wanting? I wanna go through every single one until we find out which which was the best. <laughs> well, we're here all day. The summer of eighteen nineteen. Well not even the summer. Oh Graham Burke, Michael Crow, Ryan oh, Ledson, Andrew Hughes. Two. Um, Brandon Barker on loan, Lucas the Metro on loan. Yeah, Very. bad, bad. That's that's three good signings out of seven. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Peter Isdell always says two out of fives. So you're doing well, but I, I don't really agree with him on that. Seventeen, eighteen. Um, Declan Rudd, Louis Mott, Louis Moll, Billy Bowden, Sean Maguire, Kevin O'Connor, Josh Harrop, Darnell Fisher, Connor Simpson. Steffi Ma- Steffi Mavidi. Mavididi. Mavididi. In that that's I'd put that that down as like a six or a seven out of ten because they might not be that good now, but Sean Maguire were really good at the time. Yeah. Uh, Mavididi showed yeah. promise and he's clearly yeah. got potential because he's playing in French league now. Oh, and then that was long. That was long. Is he at Bas- Is it Barcelona? What? You say he's at Barcelona. No, no, it was a loan, Mavidi. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. There's clearly a player in there. We just didn't really utilize him. Um, I think, I think Alex Neil more that season really utilized, you know, developing the squad really. And I, I think do, I do. Fisher and all that. So what yeah. But in in terms of like the last truly great transfer window, you, you're looking, we're, you're we're going back. up. We're going yeah. many years back, yeah. I feel like we're just doing complete circles on recruitment because we've known this for a while. So 
Yeah. I we're doing the... You, you know what we're doing? We're doing the absolute bare minimum. That's yeah, all it is. That. We're doing the bare minimum to just keep taking along. I've seen on um, second tier pod, or it might be an XG philosophy or whatever, that based on XG this year, we should be 17th in the league. Which we, we is do the bare, we do the not bare good. And then we expect the maximum. That's been yeah. in a nutshell. We, we say we have Premier League ambitions, but we don't. We don't recruit smart enough. No one's asking us for to, for us to spend five million on every player next next summer. No one's asking that because we know we can't afford that or do that or will we be allowed to do that for several reasons. But what we are asking is when we have a manager who's clearly needing players uh, of his liking that he's backed properly. Yeah. In, in it doesn't, as I say, it doesn't have to be millions of pounds of, of players. It can be, you know, a, a transfer accumulation fee of maybe a million in a summer and 500 grand in January. Just, just play it smart. Just play it just smart. Very smart. You know, two or 300 grand on a couple of players, a couple loans and a couple of freebies. That, yeah. that, I don't really see how we can go wrong with that. that we have plenty of freebies this year that could, we could have signed. That, that have gone to other clubs and we, we weren't interested in them. I know some of them would have been asking stupid wages. So John Swift, for example, he'll be asking for fucking 900 billion or something. <laughs> but but it, it's it's about recruiting smart. So it, it's something we need to um, address for the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think we'll probably also go more into that in another episode. So we'll yeah. wrap that it up and get into a quick prediction um, of the Sheffield United game, which is at the weekend. Um, they came, they're coming off a uh, last-minute winner against Swansea yesterday. Um, I saw a video of what Swans were on the attack and then counter-attacked, and that Redicadra scored in the last minute. So, what are your what are your expectations for Sheffield United at home on Saturday? Jack. Oh, I'll go first. Um, I would say against Burnley, I was kind of impressed with how we sort of shut them out and we didn't really give them too many quality chances. Uh, so I'm kind of... Uh, I feel like we'll do all right at deep down against some of the bigger teams. So I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, another, another draw. Seven draws out of nine. Is it seven draws out? Six draws out of nine. Six draws in the minutes would be seven. One win, two losses. Yeah. Um, two. Adam. Oh, it's two. two wins and one loss, isn't it? I'm inclined to agree with Jack. I think it'd be a low scoring game because Sheffield yeah, United have had a have had a good good uh, defensive start this year. I think the we're the only teams who have conceded less than them in the in the league this year. I could be wrong on that, but they're doing really well anyway. Um, and I don't see us scoring really. I I say that we'll probably end up scoring four or something. Well, which is just something <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'd be a low scoring game. I don't see them being more than one or two goals in the game. So I'm gonna go. Um, I go one nil Sheffield United. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you there, Adam. I'm going to go 1 0 Sheffield United. But as, as we say, hopefully, Dixon Peeney not to score. We'll score four yeah. or five. 
yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we, all we all know it won't happen. Anything can happen in football. Anything can happen. Ray scores, you know, a brace. Re- and then... Rescoring can't happen. Let's get that straight. That's like pony. I'll tell you what, I hope he does. I hope he does now. About... I fucking hope he does as well because he's <laughs> our striker, but he's not happening. Shit. Right. But yeah, unless you boys have got anything else to say, I think it's time to wrap up episode seven there. I would like to bring something up. Um Obviously, I weren't in the first five or ten minutes of the episode. I don't know if you brought up Alex Tyson and the tribute that we paid during the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I, uh, brought, I up. brought it up. Twitter space, and yeah, I thought I thought both sides um, acted Set, impeccably. Same with the uh, the Queen tribute as well. Yeah, did, I, thought, did I thought it was fantastic by both yeah. teams. So I, it made me actually really proud. Uh, yeah, it fair. did. Yeah. So, um, um, thank Sean, you. Yeah, yeah, thank you on, to mate. everyone for showing their respects to you know the late the late Queen and um, young Alex Tyson. So uh, th- thank you, well, from all of us at the World Pie Podcast for um, obviously paying their respects properly because they, they both deserved it. Yeah, I'm not a, and I'm sure as many people in Preston and you know Burnley fans alike, I'm I'm not a royalist by any means, but it's just. Um, that is yeah. that is just paying the respects in it, especially especially Burnley. I was quite impressed with Burnley fans um, clapping uh, in the yeah. 19th minute. To, to, total respect, total respect yeah. to everyone. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, thanks for bringing that up. Actually, Adam, I, I totally forgot about bringing it up in this episode because I remember bringing it up in the Twitter space yesterday. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you, listeners, for listening once again to the Butterfly Podcast. Um, if you are on TikTok. Make sure to follow us on TikTok. We'll be posting little clips of the the episodes and asking questions to the viewers. And uh, make sure you follow our socials on Instagram and on Twitter at the Butt Pie Pod. Um, but thank you once again for listening. Cheers, boys, for coming on. My pleasure, mate. Mate, always a pleasure. Cheers. <laughs>